There's no music if you have no body to play it with, so take care of your body first. You getting into the gym and you lifting weights and working on muscles, is it's physical therapy for the benefit of your playing. The truth is nothing works like just taking care of the simple stuff. Diet, exercise and sleep. Take care of that and you'll be fine. Join us as two musicians and fitness coaches discuss strength, wellness and fitness in relation to musicians, artists and performance. Hi everybody. Welcome back to the Tuned and Strong podcast. Got it right today. I am Dr. Jen Cabot of Tuned and Tone Performance. And I am Angela McEwson of Music Strong. And today we're going to talk a little bit about um, habits and how they link nutrition. We're going to link this to our uh, next episode that we're going to release. So stay tuned for that one. Um, but Angela, you had, you had a book that uh, kind of prompted this. Do you want to go ahead and introduce it? Yeah, sure. So actually, the the book that we're going to be referencing in the next uh, issue, episode, issue, listen to me, next episode is called No Sweat. And that book is all about exercise psychology. And do you feel like uh, basically unpacking the reasons around why we exercise and why we really don't exercise? You know, people mm -hmm. who start uh, January 1st have got these resolutions, why we don't stick to them. Why mm -hmm. we get fed up of being sick and tired and it doesn't matter. Why we sign up and pay all this money to work with a trainer and we still don't do the workouts or we bail or we don't, et cetera. And a lot mm -hmm. of it comes down to um, how we view exercise. Do we see it as a punishment? Mm -hmm. Do we feel like there's only certain things that are valid when it comes to exercise? If I don't work out a certain way, it didn't count. If it's if I just go for a walk, that's not a workout. That doesn't count, etc. So yeah. we started with that, and uh, we went down this other rabbit hole of like what else we could talk about. So this today is going to segue into that because I'm waiting for the book to show up for me. I've written, I've written, I've read like half of it on uh, on my free library app, and then I had to return the book before I could finish the book. So I'm waiting for it to get here from Amazon so I can actually reference it properly instead of making up quotes. Mm -hmm. So from there, it's more, we, we went on a tangent and I started talking about, I actually have this 10 week quote challenge. Uh, a few <laughs> years ago, like 10 years ago, <laughs> I wrote this blog series back when I, uh, uh, was just starting and I had a bunch of clients who wanted to change their weight. They want to change their lives. And I started thinking mm -hmm. about the psychology of it all the same exact mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I wrote this 10 week blog series on how to get off the hamster wheel and become the person you really want to be like change your habits and yeah. get the body you really want and keep it, which is a horribly long title, but we all get that right. We all start, yeah. we fall off. We start, we fall off mm -hmm. the hamster wheel, crash dieting, starting gym, yeah. mm -hmm bouncing from teacher to teacher in all kinds of stuff. Why do you not stick with things? Mm -hmm. So this is all related. And if we're going to put a link in the show notes to this, uh, this blog series, and I have a, I have a group called I am music strong on my Facebook page. Feel free to join. We're walking through it right now. The reason why it's 10 weeks is because the goal here is to give yourself time to give yourself mm -hmm. permission mm -hmm. to really Take the time you need. Ten weeks is a minimum. You could take it in a week to two to four mm -hmm. for each step. Yes. Because this is your body and your life. And habits 
By the way, I'm going to be referencing this in a minute. This is a book you should get. If you've not read this, it's amazing. And I've read it on audiobook twice and uh, then bought it. But it's called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. And it was actually brought up to me at a personal training convention um, along with several others, like the Snow Sweat book. And my gosh, it just changes how you think about what, why we do what we do. There's a cue, there's a reward, there's, there's an action, there's a reward. Yeah. So going back to this, like, like my, my 10 weeks, the first week is drink more water. We have all heard that a bajillion times. How many days do we hit our water goal? I don't. <laughs> Maybe you do. I really don't. I have not done all the day. I do, but it's mm, partly just how I'm wired. Yeah. And I make up for it with other problems. Trust me. <laughs> right. So does that make you a failure? No. Oh, no. <laughs> not, at all. not at all. But how many times do we think, oh, I ate one cookie, I'll eat the whole sleeve? Mm -hmm. I didn't drink my mm -hmm. water. I guess I'll drink the entire bottle of wine, I, you know, or whatever. Right. We just, we yeah. have that mentality. Right. Yeah. So the reason wow. why I did this whole series, the first one is drink more water and it's like set the water goal. You should have drink half the water, drink half your body weight in ounces a day. It's a good start. So if you weigh 200 pounds, drink hundred ounces of water. Nobody's doing that. At least not unless you're doing it on purpose. And you can adjust from there, but if you give yourself that goal and like, let me see what it feels like when I do that. How mm -hmm. difficult is it? You know, and then you just, that's your only goal for the week. That is it. Yeah. If you don't make it, you're not a failure. You just learned. Like Thomas Edison found 10,000 ways not to make a light bulb. You just learned that's one way to not drink enough water. Mm -hmm. So like the second one is uh, put the phone down when it's time to eat. Eat undistracted. Now you mm -hmm. see why we had to build off the week one, because if you're already drinking enough water, then you try to, if you, if you were not doing that, then you're going to eat and drink more when you're distracted, right? So if you've already drinking enough water, you've got that to build on. Now it's not like I have to do both of these. Now it's already started to become part of your routine. Okay. Say you are watching YouTube or watching your kids or talking to people or, or on your, if you're living alone, you're on your phone or you're on your computer and doing stuff, typing and eating at your desk, whatever. Okay. Say you do that only once a day instead of three times a day. You're still not a failure. It has nothing to do with being a failure or not. So there's this whole series and I want you to take as much time as you need to really understand how this works for you. Is it a problem? Not for everybody. Some yep. of these steps are, are more are problems for other people. So that's the yeah. start of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for most quality nutrition approaches, advice, whatever you want to call it, that I've come across, um, the really good ones are not going to ask you to do everything at once. Um, it's a recipe it, for disaster. It is. Um, and it just, there's just too much that can go wrong. And at the same time, you're not addressing the root of the problem, which is how you live. You know, um, that, that thing you were talking about, about eating at your death, like how many of us do that? Because we have to, you know, or we feel we have to, which is in what I find more often the case, like, oh, I have to like, okay, 
but unless you are, say, a fireman, is the building really going to burn down if you take 10 minutes away from your computer to eat your lunch? You know, probably not. Probably not. Um, and actually, so um, for those of you who don't know, I do offer nutrition coaching. Um, and it's the same sort of thing where like, yes, you can buy a month of nutrition coaching. Really, we very strongly recommend three months for the average person who's already at a good starting point. People who are having a little bit more of a hard time getting started, sometimes they need longer and that's okay. Um, but I did have somebody who was, you know, our entire goal was very straightforward. Like, we're not going to change what you're eating or anything else. We're going to start with, I want you to make yourself breakfast in the morning. What that can mean, I mean, toast a bagel, put cream cheese on it, pour yourself a pre-made coffee. Easy, easy, easy. Um, most of us have time to do that most days of the week. Um, takes the same or less time as going through the drive-thru, believe it or not. <laughs> um, and it, it came down to that, like, at, at, at one point I had to say to this person, you know, it's not about the bagel. And it's not about the coffee. I don't care what you eat for breakfast. It's not the what. It's that this is five to ten minutes you're taking out of your day to take care of you. Like you're yes. doing something good for yourself and you deserve it. And the second that that got into place, all of a sudden the overwork mentality, the, the being so flustered and long hours because, oh, I've got to get this, that, and the other, that started decreasing and productivity went up at the same time. Caretakeritis. You, know? you heard of this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. This comes from that no sweat book I was I was reading the other day as well. It's like you know what we think we're we're such a hero if we if we don't take care of ourselves we have to take care of everybody else, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're a you're a mom who takes care of everybody like the entire family. What if you're what if you're a single person? What if you're a guy who doesn't have a family? What if whatever it it doesn't necessarily just mean that. But if yeah. you put yourself last, that doesn't make you yeah. a hero. No, and who usually. Does that help? It and what do you get at? More often than not, it ends up hurting the people that you're trying to help more than it helps them. And we just don't see it as that, you know, and it's, it's not even necessarily a bad view to have if you can come to the other side and go, oh, okay, I see, I see what's going on here. Like, you know, okay, so I'm a, say, single mom and I've got, you know, my kids and I want them to eat healthy, but I don't have time to eat. So I'm going to eat junk food while I cook them a really nice meal. What is that actually demonstrating for the child? It's like, well, when you're an adult, you just trash your body because, you know, it's not important anymore. Right. Instead of like, no, I've got to do this so that I can be good. And I expect you to do this for yourself when you're an adult, which is what most people want for their kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I saw, this, I saw this with a client I had. Um, she was a, she was, she's the wife of a uh, person who owned a, who was president of a sports team. I'll put it that way. So her life was ridiculously busy. And yeah, yeah. part of the reason, and she, she's an introverted lady, she's the sweetest lady you've ever met, love her to pieces, but mm -hmm. um, she hated this go, go, go. She was always very go, 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 but she hated parts of that life. 
And yeah. so she split her time between Texas and Nashville. And when she was in, when I mean, she'd be gone for like eight months out of the year or four months out of the year. And then suddenly I'd get a call. I'm like, what do you have? I'm like, oh, are you backing down? And then she'd be here for six months. And then she'd poof again, you know. But what what happened, like besides my being able to get her out of chronic pain, which made her realize, oh, my gosh, I didn't. Number one, I didn't. She knew she was in pain, but she'd gotten used to yeah. living with it. Uh-huh. And when it was gone, she realized this is important. I have to take care of me. So she mm-hmm. started, she told me, I I need to see you twice a week. I can't commit to three times because I'm lucky if I do two, but I need these two, minimum one, because I yeah. spend my life running around taking care of my husband and his his thing and my kids and my and all business thing. This is my me time. Nobody can reach me here. I don't have my phone on. It's just me and you. This is my time for me. And I have to carve this time out for myself or I will have nothing. Yep. And I just wanted to like give her the biggest hug and like, like, yes, ma'am. Like you cannot take care of the world if you don't take that time for you. Mm-hmm. And then she would leave pain-free, stronger, yep. happier, yep. way more ideas, clear-headed. You know, it's like, yeah. There's so many, I just love that story with her because it's like, I, people think that, but she was one who was like, no, this is my me time. I have to have this, not just for my sanity, but I owe this to myself. I need to take care of me. And this is my me time. Yeah. And we had sessions where she's like, can we just go for a walk? Heck yeah. She's like, she didn't want to go for a walk where she lives. She didn't feel safe. Will you walk with me for an hour? Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to lift weights for it to be a workout, for it to be effective, right. for it to count. Right. right. That's fine. I've had several clients just want to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that moment of realization where it's like, oh, I this is actually important. That's it's it's awesome from you know, <laughs> from a coaching and a teaching perspective. It's wonderful. Um, and it, it always tends to set people up better down the road, but to, to kind of bring this back a little bit is like, I doubt she would have gotten there if she tried to do all the things all at once, right up front. Yeah. No, can't do it with no. exercise and you can't do it with food and food is the other way that we tend to. I mean, because like that's part a lot of how we judge our bodies. Just, oh, yeah. oh my goodness, like oh I ate this and so therefore I'm fat, or oh I didn't eat this and therefore, or um, there's people who identify with their eating habits specifically. Like I am this diet. I'm like, I am are keto. You? I am paleo. Are you? Mm-hmm. Are you? Like you can eat that way, and if it's working for you fantastic um but is it actually working for you and are you being honest with yourself about it that's that's where we get a little bit stuck um and so like i i i just open honest here um i was definitely one of those try out the different diets because you know i struggled with weight my whole life and it's you know gone back throughout my family history just women struggling with weight um men too but a lot of women Um, And so it was very easy for me to want to try, you know, oh, well, people lose weight on this diet. I'll try that. People lose weight on that diet. I'll try that, you know. Um, So I tried a lot of stuff and I failed at a lot of stuff. (laughs) Um, And it 
it finally took that point where, you know, cause I lost a bunch of weight and then I gained more back that kind of thing. And, um, right after I lost the most weight I'd ever lost, I gained more weight than I've ever had. Um, because yeah. what I had been doing was, it was a very depriving way of feeding my body. Um, I know other people who can live that way, but they are, from what I've seen, the exceptions for that specific combination of foods. Um, yeah, and and the fallout was terrible. So coming back down from that super top heavy point was always like, okay, well, it took me how many years to get here? Um, how much abuse? And what can I do so that I am doing something that is sustainable? And I'm not going to go backwards, right? Yeah. And that, that really doesn't mean like, oh, I'm going to just deprive myself of all of these bad foods right away. That's not reasonable. It's not reasonable and it's not sustainable. <laughs> I think that's tip number five on my top 10 list is eat what you really want. Do, do you really want it? Or do you want it because you think you shouldn't have it or you can't have it or it's forbidden or you have to have it in certain amounts or, 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 or do you really want it? Yeah. Eat it. How does that make you feel? Yes. Are yeah. you satisfied? Did that meet that craving? Are you not satisfied? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling in this moment? And so here's mm-hmm. thing, and I'm just pulling out all the books in my thing today. <laughs> I was in a TJ Maxx. And I found this book for a lot of $3 at TJ Maxx. It's called the ultimate diet log. And, um, I, I bought this right around when I was going through one of probably the most stressful times in my life. I had just, I had just moved to Nashville. Um, the story was that I was supposed to, my now ex-husband and I were going to move to Nashville. He said we could go. I'd been trying to get out of Panama City forever. And one day he finally went, okay, we'll go. And so I waited six weeks, uh, asked him again. He said, yeah, we'll go. I went, okay, cool. I, I set up a life for myself so I would have something. He worked at Target. He could do whatever. You know, nobody, he'd transfer. Um, come May, he, he was all for it. And then come May, he goes, never mind. I don't think we can do this. And I said, excuse me. Uh, yeah, it, you know, all these kinds of things. But we've established yeah. that I was married to a schizophrenic personality disordered person. So, you know, I was just like, I'm sorry. Uh, excuse me here, but uh, your girl pair, uh, my, my career matters too we're going. And he was like, well, you know, he got all mad and whatever. So finally I kept my word. He didn't keep his and I left. We mm. were supposed to come to Nashville. I was going to live with my parents for like a few months while he graduated college, believe it or not. He had a psychotic break in the middle instead. Still graduated college. Don't know how, but <laughs> long story short, um, I moved up to there. I was stressed out. I was trying to keep, I didn't know he was mentally ill at this point. I was trying to keep our marriage together long distance. He was not participating. Um, And I was just, I I don't know what's going on. And at this point I have been dealing off and on with disordered eating because I had done a figure competition back in 2008. We got married in 2007. I did a figure competition in 2008 for just for guidance. I'm like five foot three and some change. And I got down to 114 pounds. I was still one of the biggest people on stage. I was told, my gosh, your butt is huge. Your hips are huge. Uh, you, you have, you need to drop at least another 20 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. And I went, yeah, people like, oh, you're going to do this and get bit by the bug. I was like, nope. I wanted to see what my body could do. 
I blew out my thyroid in the process. It has never worked since. Um, yeah, a whole bunch of things bad happened because of that. Not faulting figure competition or bodybuilding or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I hired a guru to help me through this. So, uh, of course, the show was over and I didn't hire him after that. So I was just left with what? So I developed a binge eating disorder because I went from I can only have asparagus and tilapia. Literally, that's it for six weeks, basically. Um six times a day. Oh, and at the end, I got almonds and flank steak. Nothing but water, no caffeine, but except fat burners. I mean, it's insane. Absolutely. Yeah. Insane. Um, yes. And then after that, I was like, oh, I can have cereal again. And mm-hmm. I can have peanut butter. And I can, I just went off deep and I gained 40 pounds. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 40 pounds, right? So mm-hmm. during this whole situation, I was, I, I went through a back and forth and I, I developed a binge eating disorder where I knew yeah. something wasn't right in my marriage. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I felt miserable. I was stuck. I hated where I was. I couldn't, I, I was playing music, but I, I wasn't teaching kids I wanted to teach. I wasn't doing music strong the way I wanted to. I couldn't get it off the ground. I was in the wrong place and I knew it. And my husband kept us there mm-hmm. and he wouldn't listen because it was all yeah. about him. He was a narcissist, right? Um, so when this happened, um, so long story short, I developed this eating disorder. And if anybody ends up with one of these, it ended up being, I realized once I realized that I was not the problem, that the disordered eating was a response to my not feeling like I had any control in my life. And it was Mm -hmm. kind of a, I I would control my eating and try to get my weight back down because that's. Mm -hmm the goal he had for me that I adopted. And it wasn't really ever my goal. I just, you know, whatever. And so getting out of that, I finally realized, oh, I'm spiraling out of control because I can't have this and I have no control of my life at all. And so like those kind of realizations, it's self-realization. But if anybody's dealing with that, go get any of these books. You don't need to know all of these. But um, like when food is love, huh? Yeah. Feeding the hungry heart. Janine Roth writes a really candid. One of the things she said is when when you eat out of the refrigerator, pull up a chair. Think about that. Mm-hmm. If you're a cat, have you ever seen a cat eat? Cats don't eat standing up. They always sit down and take the time to eat whatever they're going to eat, whether it's two bites or more. What mm-hmm. do we do? We we just shove food in our mouths, and it, it brings that awareness back, right? We yeah. take the distraction out. We start being mm-hmm. aware of why we're doing this. So this book was, I was leaving, I was going back, time back, I was going back to Nashville and I was just like totally freaking out, like what's going on? Why can't I? Why, blah, blah, blah. So this yeah. book really started the whole process and it, it starts with, um, basically it's a five-day personal inventory and there's, way, there's ways you can do this, but basically it tells you like, what did you eat? How did you feel? What was your hunger level? Were you satisfied? Were you not? Mm-hmm. Where, how did you post meal insights? How did you feel? And yeah. then, you know, how many whole grains did you have? How much dairy did right. you have? Were these in line with your goals? Were they not? And then you go on and you write down basically, you know, this is what I had. Did it meet my goal? Did it not? And then you just tally up one or zero at the end and you just see and you just you kind of go from there. And yeah. it's all about personal mm-hmm. insight and understanding why we do what we do. And does mm-hmm. that align with ourself and our core values or shoulds yes yes should is should is a dirty word in my house it is a bad word like you drop anything other word you want really but 
should is the probably one of the worst ones in our household. Um, and it's because of the pressure. Oh mm-hmm. my God, the pressure that puts on like, oh, I should, um, like I'll, I'll be straight up here. Um, BMI is not a thing in my house either. It's I not a thing. It's not a thing. Hate BMI. Why? <laughs> Thank you. Because the BMI tells me. Okay, so when I was at my lightest, right, I was my absolute lightest. I was about 140 pounds. I'm five seven, about 140 pounds. Um, that thing told me that I needed to lose another 10 to 15. I had zero muscle on my body as it was. Zero goose egg. Same. Muscle, if you don't know, is heavy. So where I should be, according to BMI, I will never be able to do and also be strong and healthy. Mm-hmm. I need to lift it, based on certain disorders I have. I must lift to be healthy. And quite frankly, I haven't met many people who don't need to lift to some degree to be healthy. You know? Oh, by the way, uh, muscle yeah. doesn't weigh more than fat. A pound of fat is a pound of fat. A pound of muscle is right. a pound of muscle. A pound is a pound. Right. But muscle is more dense than yes. fat. Yes. That's why she said, why, yes. why you said that yeah. uh, muscle is heavy. It's denser. Mm-hmm. So you can mm-hmm. weigh more and be smaller than someone mm-hmm. who weighs less and is bigger. Yeah. And I do have photos. I won't share them. <laughs> but I do have photos. <laughs> we'll One share my figure I- ones so you can see yeah. what a disorder to type look like. If you want to <laughs> see that. Bring me back in a minute to bodybuilding and journaling. But mm. I do have photos of um, one and I weigh 195 that was coming back down from my big, big, big. Yeah. Um, and the other, and chronologically it was 195 and then the next one was like 203. So I'm eight pounds heavier and I look thinner and it's because I had started lifting. It's mm-hmm. yep. literally the change, you know? Um, I, I changed out my diet too, but not, not, if you looked at the way I was eating in 2018, Comparing it to today, you'd be like, oh, that's that's a totally different diet. I'm like, it's not. It's just progression, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm working towards refining what's right for me. Um, yeah, so, fun fun stories. Um, so, when it comes to nutrition, what should yes. you do? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, oh, my God, it's tough. And the answer is not the same for everybody. It and depends. that's part of why it's so tricky. It's always going to be, it depends. I know some people who are their healthiest when they are eating no meat, hardcore vegans. I know some people who require a minimum amount of carbs and can't digest certain fats. I know people who are strict carnivore. I mean like no vegetables, okay, strict carnivore. And that seems to have fixed disorders that they have. Yeah. If somebody is telling you, you must eat only this way because they do and therefore that's what that works, they're probably full of crap. Mm-hmm. Run those away. People, those are people who identify with their diets. You know, um, personal opinion. <laughs> yeah, and a diet doesn't mean weight loss. A diet means what you eat. Right. Just, yes. Just for clarity yes. here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, How you um, eat. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's all this pressure around should, and then like when you combine the should with all the different types of diets that are available out there, and everybody's trying to push their thing, like. How are you supposed to sift through that, right? <laughs> so what what you were talking about a minute ago with that food log. That food log is, it depends on the person, but 
probably one of the first things I would introduce depending on the person. And usually when I hit a plateau, because quite frankly, I've hit several, that's where I start again. It's typically what it means is that I am not aware of something that I am or am not doing. Right. You know, and it comes back to that awareness. Am I distracted while I'm eating? Well, if I have to write down what I'm eating every time I eat, you bet your butt I'm aware of it instead of like, oh, I'm sitting here in the middle of like, oh, I've got this deadline. So I'll just, you know, eat an entire bag of something. <laughs> and you're probably going to eat less because a lot of times we don't want to write down. I had this handful or this one cookie or this, 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 this. You don't want to write it down. So you don't do it. No, exactly. It's just now, more awareness. Yes. Now, I, I do say depending on the person, because for me, that turns disordered very quickly, very yeah. quickly if I'm not careful. Um, so I can do it for a couple weeks, maybe a month, and then I need to stop. Same thing with if I'm using the scale. Oh, you bet your butt I've got limits on when I can stand on that thing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Got yep. It's a tool. It's just a it tool. It is a tool. And the number is not always going to reflect your body fat percentage. Mm -mm. It, it just won't, you know, because um, that's not what the thing is built for. Um, so, so, yeah, more the more awareness you can bring to what you're doing, the more gentleness you can bring to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Small steps like what you've talked about. And that's what's always worked for me. It's like, OK, start with a water goal, add a sleep goal add a vegetable to every meal. Do you know how many people look at me when like I'm insane because I'm like, uh, eat a vegetable with breakfast. <gasps> oh yeah. my God. <laughs> vegetable. Oh, with but, breakfast? But vegetables don't go in with breakfast. Try it. Try it. See if it I works. posted I, that in my group this week. I'm like, know? look, if you, uh, if you have trouble with breakfast, with vegetables at breakfast, I mean, you can make little muffins, egg yeah. muffins, make your own egg muffins, put yes. your vegetables Those in there, saute them up the ones you like. Mm -hmm. Right. Or yeah. maybe what if you're a smoothie person, get a greens powder. Greens powders are the best things for people who need vegetables, but can't find the time and love smoothies anyway. Or they the, make chocolate flavor, all kinds of the big buckets of pre-washed spinach. That yeah. was my go-to when I was into smoothies. I would buy the big, it was cheap from Whole Foods. It was like three bucks for giant tub of well, spinach. And I would, spinach will you know, go down to like this <laughs> when you cook it. <laughs> The raw bit, you just like take a giant handful and shove it in your smoothie and blend the crap out of it. Like you can't taste it. Like I, I never hit a point where I added so much spinach that I could taste it. And if I did, it was really gritty and it was yeah. obvious that it was too much spinach. <laughs> right, right. So it's like you need to binge on it, but like maybe have a cucumber, um, a cup of greens, something like that, you know? <laughs> about you but i could live on green beans if i had no vegetables but green oh beans God. every day with every meal maybe not breakfast but like green beans are my favorite thing i will eat them straight out i will eat a whole can straight out of can i just love green beans you know <laughs> broccoli's okay brussels sprouts are great yeah. fine you know i like all the other ones but if i'm gonna have anything it's gonna be green beans they're simple they're delicious uh yeah i'd never get tired of them and you know i think this is kind of funny my dad and my mom used to do this thing when we were like kids trying to get us to eat more vegetables. Like, who's the green bean kid? Well, I'm the green bean kid. You know, <laughs> this whole thing. 
I don't know if it's a subconscious thing. I'm still like, I'm the green bean kid. Or if I just really like them that much. But that, that mentality of seeing it like it's a reward or it's a, uh, it's something you get pleasure out of. You enjoy because you like it as opposed to a should is essential Mm -hmm. when it comes to fitness, exercise, food, practicing. Mm -hmm. Are you practicing only because you should? Are you still liking it? Do you still like playing your instrument? If you don't, maybe you should stop for a little bit. Who cares what you should do? You know what I'm saying? Full disclosure, I did have to stop playing after my doctorate because it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun anymore. And now I'm back to it and I'm like, oh, this feels good. But it, it took time for me to go, you know what? I don't have to play this if I don't like it. Huh. If I don't want to play comp- it, I don't have to. Oh. Same thing with like, I'm a bad coach. I don't eat broccoli. I don't like it. <laughs> if it's I don't the only thing available to me, I'll eat broccoli. But it just doesn't work well for me. I hate so asparagus. Much- I feel you. you know, yeah. 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 Um, which no. reminds me, um, fun fact, bodybuilding is a sport. We've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Bodybuilding is a sport. Figure comps are related to bodybuilding. Bodybuilding is a sport. Sport. So if you are getting your nutrition advice from a bodybuilder, that, that is a sport specific set of nutrition advice. Okay. There are bodybuilders who know the difference between nutrition for bodybuilding and nutrition for other things. I'm not going to knock everybody. Just it's something that I've seen several people go through where it's like they get to a point of burnout, like what you got to. And it's like, it just is not sustainable. And part of it is because they don't want to do bodybuilding. They want to feel healthy. Like if your goal is to feel healthy and not compete in bodybuilding or figure comps, Maybe you don't need to eat like you're doing bodybuilding or figure comps. Right. What makes you feel healthy? What is an activity? This goes back to that book. But what is an activity that feels good to you? Mm-hmm. It counts. Yes. My gosh, start with that and do that. I don't care if it's, I'm going to take five minutes at lunch. It's a beautiful, sunshiny day. The world will not stop if I go outside for five minutes and enjoy the sunshine and walk around the parking lot or wherever I am, you know. Maybe you love rollerblading and you hate the gym. That's fine. Go do it. You know, like, and and I would definitely tell any musician, I don't care what you play, go try some rando sports. Like I, like in college, I don't know if you did this. We had, we had all these crazy uh, PE classes. Like my freshman year, I didn't know marching band counted as a PE. So I thought I had to have a PE. So I, I graduated with like five PE credits. <laughs> I did uh, fencing my first semester. Do you know how oh. fun that was? They have adult <laughs> fencing here in Nashville. And if I get a wild hair, my gosh, I'm going to suit up and lunge away and stab people for cardio. It's great fun. So yeah. <laughs> we had that. We had ballroom dancing. Oh, yeah. my word. How fun. It was, I was like wiped out at the end of the class. But it was so much fun. We had a canoeing camping class. We had a hiking camping class. We have all kinds of stuff. So I would just mm-hmm. challenge you. There is, there's a sport for everybody. I don't care if it's rollerblading or fencing or uh, yep. ping pong. Yes, ping pong can be a sport. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, look at Forrest Gump. I, he was in it. <laughs> but go try something. 
if you don't like it, cool. But maybe you find something you really love and you never would have. Maybe, maybe, you know, group sports aren't your thing. Maybe ballroom dancing is your thing. My gosh, it's a workout. Um, I would definitely tell anybody who's never tried fencing, you gotta try fencing. It's way fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and, and I think viewing different things as sports, and we'll, we'll get into this more next week too, yeah. but I think viewing different things as sports is super healthy. Um, like I always viewed weightlifting as like, oh, it's, it's something that people do to look a certain way. It's something that people do to um, like basically supplement, you know? Yeah. Um, supplement something else that they're doing. That's the only reason people go into the gym are to lose weight and to, uh, if they're in a sport of some kind, like a real sport. And that was my mentality. Um, right. Meanwhile, here I am going, you know what? I would, I would classify, and we're going to call it so I don't get in trouble here. I would classify functional fitness classes as a sport. Um, as odd as that sounds, even even though that big functional fitness group tends to say go out and play sports, and that's why we're doing this, I'd qualify that as a sport. I would qualify um, powerlifting as a sport that I'm not into, but it's still a sport. I would qualify strongman as a sport, absolutely 100%. Um, I, I, I don't think I would qualify poker bodybuilding. as a sport, though. I do not qualify poker. That's sitting on your butt. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, I draw the um, line. It, it is interesting. And it's definitely... Hi, Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely like, not, not dissing poker players, but if getting into physical activity definitions, you know? Like, yeah. There's, there's something out there, and what are you limiting yourself to? We'll get into that next week, because this is getting a little long. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But here's, here's, a, here's a final thought. So I've got, like I mentioned, there's this 10-week, it's not a challenge, but it's, it's kind of a personal challenge. If you want to challenge yourself to, like, let me do this. Let me do one thing at a time. See if I can break my habits. Break my habits. But establish new ones. So I'm going to give you a little yeah. quote from this habit book. Highly, right, there's a link to it. On my website, go to musicstrong.com shop under book. There's a link to this because I think it is that good. Okay. The power of habit. So here, here's the, if you're watching this, here is the uh, graphic I want you to see. So what we've got, we've got a cue. We got a cue, a routine, and a reward. That's like the craving. So like take, so take email. When you get like a computer bing or smartphone smart your your phone vibrates, we automatically that's the cue. We check it. How hard is it for you not to check it if it's dinging? Oh what do we God. get? We get a dopamine rush when we see like, oh, I got an Instagram like, oh, I got a so and so. What do we do when we mm -hmm. get out of bed? Same thing. We look at the phone. We want that dopamine rush first thing, right? So, if you're trying to break a habit, um, mm -hmm. to overpower the habit, we must recognize which craving is driving the behavior. If we're not conscious of the anticipation, then we're like the shoppers who wander as if drawn by an unseen force into Cinnabon. You just smelled it, you didn't know why, but now you want it, right? It's kind of the same thing. So yep. if you have this habit, whether it's, uh, what what's the habit you really don't like? Okay, you have to know, I'm anticipating, what's the cue? When you know yeah. what that cue is, you have to replace that cue with a different action that still gives you a reward. It's yes. brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. 
and just not about deprivation. Quick example, quick, quick, quick example, because I just I have something that actually ties directly into that for nutrition. Okay. In the afternoon, I to want caffeine or sugar or both. Um, both of those things I'm very sensitive to. Okay. Took some doing, figured out. It's because I am tired of sitting inside in the dark, staring at a screen. And I've been sitting. Okay. Um, the actual cure for that is go take a walk outside in the sun for 10 minutes. 10 minutes is nothing. 10 minutes is a lap around the closest block. It's super short. And it, I get done and I'm like, can I take another? You know? So the application of what you were just saying, Q. Um, Totally forgot the other two. Cue something reward. Cue uh, action like? reward. Thank Cue you. Habit reward. Thank you. Thanks. So, ideally, I prevent it by taking the walk around That's the time. Cute routine reward. There you go. There's the routine. So, ideally, my routine is in place so that before the craving hits, because I know about what time I go for a walk. If and that's the reward. Sunshine. I feel better. I'm more alert. If that fails, oh, I'm craving caffeine and sweets. Just time for a walk. <laughs> and this can go for anything. Yeah. Big time, big time. Anything, whether it's food, whether it's a, you want to quit smoking, whether it's exercise, you know, I'm trying to tie this back to music, but I mean, yeah. you know, what's your cue to go practice? Is that a stressful cue or something that you get a reward out of? Is that a mm -hmm. should or is that a yeah. like? Yes, and my practicing because I really love my instrument and I want to sound good on this particular thing that I also love. Or am I afraid that if I don't go practice, uh, I'm going to fail my recital? <laughs> right. I know, right? Good. Like, I hate this piece, but if I don't play it, I'm going to fail my recital. So I'm going to go. You do that long enough, it's a spiral. Not that it's not a, not that it's not good to do stuff like that, you know. Um, we all have to learn how to play stuff what we hate. It just shouldn't be the bread and butter of what we do. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I could go, that's a rabbit hole. We could definitely yeah. go down. We'll leave that there. <laughs> yeah. Drop a comment and tell us what piece you hated having to learn. <laughs> you know. Why not? Tell us what piece you hated having to learn. Tell us which, what questions you have. We will always, always look at that's those. Cool. Um, Let's do some plugs. Let's wrap this up. Yep. Uh, go ahead. We'll, we'll get started with you again. All right. So you can find me at musicstrong.com, at Instagram, at musicstrongfitness, or at Facebook at facebook.com slash musicstrong. And I have got uh, some downloadable instrument-specific workouts, and I've got this COVID comeback challenge that I am reinstating. Um, it's the 12-week version, not the six-week version, because the 12-week version, everybody who registers, you're going to get a free hypervolt go which is a 200 value it's a massage gun and you're going to get the app that goes with it which is going to tie in and that app will tell you how to uh, best use it for recovery like hey this is how you need to massage yourself today i mean it's like super great so i've got that going on um also real quick if you'd like to be part of my group it's on facebook uh musicstrong.com sorry facebook.com slash musicstrong <laughs> The group is called <laughs> I Am Music Strong, um, and I, I I put things there first for mm -hmm. before I you know release them to the public. So it's a special group. You know, we talk about all things related to music and fitness, 
And it's a nice little community. I'd love to have you join us. And we're doing this 10-week thing and would love to have your input. Come join us. It's free. <laughs> it's free. Yeah. All right. Um, and, of course, you can find me. Uh, website is tunedandtonedperformance.com. That's tuned with a D and toned with a D. Uh, Instagram and Facebook, at tunedandtonedperformance. Uh, YouTube, just type in tuned and toned performance. I come right up. Um, if you have more questions about nutrition, um, I do offer nutrition coaching. Um, you can find me any any of the locations. Send me a message. I will absolutely respond to you, give you the details on that. Um, uh, local classes in Tallahassee. So if you're in the Tallahassee area, you're looking for some group classes, looking to get stronger. We've got those one-on-one um, -on -one sessions also. Uh, Ladies' Day, first Saturday of every month. That's one of my new big things. I'm super excited. We're doing glutes this weekend. <laughs> Love it. Um, and if there's anything that you're interested in and you're non-local, um, got custom programming, online programming, um, one-on-ones remotely, that kind of stuff, all, oh, all available. That's it. Yeah. We both what? do that. Yes, we do. <laughs> Angela does this too. <laughs> you can work with us one-on-one, -on -one, but if you have any questions about, you know, uh, like disordered eating or nutrition or whatever, and you just want a, a sympathetic ear, my gosh, reach out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we're both perfectly happy to talk about that. <laughs> all day long. Been there, done that. I understand. It sucks. Oh, yeah. But it's not a permanent state. No. No, it's not. All right, Thanks, everybody. Guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.